Today we're joined by a developer who is a pioneer in Roblox VR experiences, paving the way for immersive and creative uses of the technology on the platform. Combined with a great storyline, motion capture animations and voice acting, these VR exclusives are like no other. Make sure your headset is properly strapped on as we go Beyond the Blocks. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Blocks, a podcast all about the Roblox platform and game development. I am of course your host Bantech and we're joined by Greg Tame today. So hello Greg Tame, how are you? Hello, I am doing, I'd say a solid 8 out of 10 today. (laughs) 8 out of 10, we'll take that, that's pretty good. Um, Now you're well known in, in the world of VR experiences on Roblox, particularly with VR exclusives. Um, But the platform only got VR support in around 2016, and and you've been here for much longer than that. So what brought you to the platform originally? So originally, I had a couple of friends. There must have been around 10. They they played Roblox, and they showed it to me. I'm like, oh, cool. You can can build stuff. You can not just build stuff, but you can create stuff. And that was a big draw for me is seeing that. So stuff like uh, early on, trains were like my big go-to thing, you know, which is interesting because it's like you you find uh, there's a pretty big market for trains on Roblox, which it's like it's not the big market, but like it's there everywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I sort of I sort of played around the platform for a couple of years, mostly mostly building stuff and building trains to be specific. Uh, I got involved with NXT Transit, which I think is. I think it is the first train group on Roblox, group ID 1314. So it's, it's way down there in, in early groups. Built a bunch of trains for them. And then around 2013, 2014, my interest kind of shifted from trains to tanks. And that led me into my first proper game, which was Tankery. And that came out around 2015 and still pulls in about 100 concurrent to this day. Wow, that's not bad at all. Yeah, I I think the platform felt quite quite a bit more sandboxy back then, definitely when I joined. It felt more like you could just sort of build things. And I think probably the, the transit side of it with trains, you could almost create, uh, you know, it's kind of like the virtual equivalent of making your own little train set, I suppose. Absolutely. It was it was like uh, just a, a toy box, really, of, of all sorts of toys that me not exactly coming from the richest of families growing up. It was like, oh, hey, I can I can play with trains because I, I couldn't or I can I can play with planes or and, and not just, you know, play with them in the traditional sense, but to actually fly them around and to shoot down other friends and blow up their planes. It's like it was completely unmatched in its ability to like engage users in their gameplay you know yeah definitely so you mentioned um tankery as one of the games you sort of created uh, earlier on on roblox what was tankery about kind of how does that game work okay you know world of tanks yeah it's just world of tanks (laughs) and then as because I kind of got really into tanks around the time and I still am a little bit I still like playing with tanks and I still like playing tank games 
I wanted to play with tanks on Roblox, and in in originally the original capacity was be to have everyone be a crew member in it. So you'd have one player be the driver, one player be the gunner, one player be the commander, and you know, bow machine gunners, loaders for actually reloading the gun. And my idea originally was to take those multi-crew tanks and make like an esport out of it. But that kind of fell through because, like, realistically, you can't expect cooperation out of just Roblox randoms. So that means it'd only work in a competitive capacity, which would be hard to get off the ground. So I, I kind of, when Unions came out, CSG came out, um, there was a way you could inject OBJ models into the CSG data. So you could basically import models, and this was a good two years before Mesh Parts. So I took my tank scripts that all worked in the different crew positions and combined it into one controller thing, put that in the CSG tank models, and then suddenly I was the only tank game on Roblox where each tank was like 10 parts maximum. So you could have these big like 20 by 20 battles of players and have really low lag because you only had like 10 parts per tank. That's awesome. So I was just going to ask, do you still sort of update the game to this day to, to keep those players? A little bit. It's definitely... So I completely outsource the map making for Tankery because I'll be honest, I do a lot of things. Building is not one of those things, at least not in a very good sense. <laughs> so all the maps in Tankery, save one, are all made by the community. So when a new map is made, I'll kind of go over it, I'll test it, we'll do some closed testing in the community just to see like does this work is it too laggy is it fun is it in a unique location then it gets added to the game and that'll happen maybe like once every six months or so and then when i feel like it i'll be like i kind of feel like modeling a tank so i'll go in and i'll make new tanks uh usually in packs of two to three sometimes four every again about six months or so it's not getting the big updates it used to get like hey guys guess what 20 new tanks and three new maps no <laughs> not that big fair enough well i, I would expect that because obviously you've been making yourself quite busy with vr experiences lately how did you get into virtual reality uh, just kind of as a concept so initially i didn't care much for vr i kind of like looked at it and it's like okay that's a, that's a cool i guess thing but not 700 dollars cool you know mm -hmm. so i forgot about it and then i saw a couple of youtubers playing it and talking about the games uh there's one which specified in no commentary videos which i kind of liked because it's like personalities are nice but if i want to see what the game's about i want you to, to shut up and let me see the game you know yeah so i saw uh one no commentary channel called let's stfu and play and then up is not jump talk about vr games around 2017 2018 and just something about seeing how that worked and how that feels and how players interact with games like whoa that is that is a lot cooler than i thought it was and i got ideas in my head of how i might play the game or how what i might like to try to do given the new limitless nate or semi-limitless nature of vr where no longer do i have to like move my whole character around the corner and shoot i could literally just hold my hand around the corner and shoot in like pavlov or something uh and that kind of pulled me into it and in 2019 i saved up for like 
three or four months my DevXs from Tankery to buy a VR headset, and that was right when the Rift S came out. Wow, so it's only been a couple of years then, I suppose. I think for a lot of people, you're probably right with the, the price tag being one of the things that, that I think is a barrier for a lot of people anyway in terms of getting into VR. For me, I get motion sick with quite a lot of different things, and so I wouldn't want to buy something very expensive and not know that I would be able to use it all the time. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think there's not as big of a market as there could be for VR, but I don't know how big it is on Roblox specifically. Well, it's it's definitely it's a subset of the PC market, and it will always be that because Roblox isn't on PlayStation, so no PlayStation VR. And PC is already the second smallest. I forget the exact numbers, but it's like 70% mobile right now, and that leaves 30% to fight between PC and Xbox. And Xbox is the bigger of the two, but that's still, that's not a, a huge market to then go, okay, now give me 2% of that. Steam's hardware survey, where they keep track of this stuff, I think VR is sitting around 2 to 3%, and that's with Steam. So that's, that's already not always 100% representative, but that's about what you can expect. It's about, best case scenario, 2% of the PC market, which is... That's not that's not insignificant for that's that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, that makes it even more impressive. I think when I found that Edgeworks, one of your games, comes up very often if you search for the best games to play VR on Roblox. Edgeworks not only is it a VR exclusive, so you kind of you've you've made it where you need a VR headset to play. It's also paid access, which also can cut off quite a few people. Yet still, it's managed to get I think several hundred thousand plays. I think probably about four thousand votes on it, which each are unique players plus everyone who hasn't voted on it. It's quite impressive, really, for a game that you would think is kind of a subset of a subset. So can you tell us a little bit more about Edgeworks and, and how VR is kind of used in the gameplay, why it's so engaging to VR players? So Edgeworks is very much inspired by a VR game on Steam called Boneworks. You can see the name similarities there. Um, unfortunately, it was just a placeholder name and wasn't supposed to be like the final name, but it blew up on Twitter big time in the early development and with the Roblox VR YouTube market as well when it came into Alpha. And it's like, oh, shoot, this is, it's stuck, isn't it? <laughs> um, so in Boneworks, what they do is they make the character a physics object. So that means, as opposed to games like uh, Half-Life Alex, where you're basically just a floating pair of hands and you can push stuff around, but for the most part, you're not going to be vaulting or, or climbing on stuff aside from ladders. And that was basically what I took into Edgeworks is I was like, okay, let's make a fully physics-based character rig for VR. So that means if I walk over to a table and put my hand on it and then continue to push my hand down, my whole body is moved up and I can climb onto that table. And as a kid, I loved jungle gyms and monkey bars and climbing all over things. It was just like one of those primal things that just fired all the neurons in my head. Just like, yes, I love it. And to have a VR game that now gave you that motion freedom to just climb on whatever and come up with unique platforming solutions to problems through just allowing the player to control 
where they go, I was like, yes, I want more of that. So I made more of that. I made town or this downtown area that you can run around, you can climb on, you can so you can grab objects that you could reasonably put your hand around, like uh, railings and ledges and whatnot. You can grab onto them and you can just climb on them. So you can just climb around the city and and pick up a gun and and shoot other players as well because people like that. And it is just sort of it really hooked on at not only for the right audience, but also at the right time, because 2020 summer, there was a really big trend on YouTube for Roblox VR content. And I was able to capitalize that on the right time because just worked out i guess <laughs> yeah i suppose it, it might be linked to the stuff we were talking about earlier in terms of the barriers to get into vr in the first place the price tag and, and things like that that people can't necessarily just go and play it themselves so if there is youtube content of other people showing robots vr well that's something unique that will get people to click on it to watch it so exactly and i'm gonna guess that probably helps push some people into roblox vr they might have had a similar moment to me where I saw someone doing something and thinking, oh, cool, I'd like to try that so I can try doing this strategy or climbing this thing or doing or solving a puzzle this way. And they might have that same moment where they look at my game and go, oh, that looks cool. I want to try that. I want to try climbing this way. I wonder if the NPCs react if I do this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What what drew you to creating it as a sort of a VR only, a, a VR exclusive experience? So my draw to VR exclusive came from the fact that before winter 2019, so like right before COVID hit, there really weren't a lot of VR exclusive projects or VR or just VR content in general. There were a couple of old tech demos from when people first got their hands on VR and there was like maybe one or two other places that like sort of worked. So I sat down and I got together a bunch of like these developers that poked around the VR and said, hey guys, I'm going to be doing some VR stuff. And I'm already at this point I had created a shooting place where you could pick up guns and shoot them at these zombie models uh that was i call it the final stand uh kind of akin to the last stand series um which i didn't know the final stand was already a roblox game at the time so i made this zombie shooting game and i made another one where you would walk around procedurally generated caves we'll get back to that later and i was like okay i kind of know what i'm doing hey guys I'm making VR stuff. I think you guys should make some VR stuff too with me. And if you need help, just ask me or ask someone else and let's let's make some VR games. And I, I'm, I don't want to entirely take credit for the rise of VR games around that time, but I would argue that I definitely had an influence on that. I started this this initiative of VR content saying like, okay, let's let's make some VR things. And people did. You had Skeds VR Playground and VR Blocks. And at the time there was VR hands, that was kind of independent of us, but we kind of sat down and said, okay, hey, let's make some VR hand games. And I helped some people figure out how to do that, some good practices for physics and motion controls and whatnot. And now there is more content. Definitely. I think you've been quite instrumental in showing people what you could use VR for, even if it's inspired by stuff off-platform. I think a lot of people, maybe their places, as you say, are kind of accidentally VR compatible, but showing kind of if you focus on VR, 
you can do some really cool things with hands that is just not possible with a phone or a keyboard and mouse or a gamepad controller. Yeah, and and it's it's surprisingly an effective thing. It's really like I personally I'm not the biggest fan of the VR hands genre just because it's like it feels a bit played out. And yet every time I go into one of those, I'll still spend like 30 minutes there just like whacking around the the little regular characters or or picking them up and throwing them or putting them in blenders or whatever just because that's it's fun and engaging and it's engaging for them as well it is a good way to do the cross-platform so everyone does it it'd be nice if there are more ways to do the cross-platform but uh i haven't quite figured that out yet yeah Fair enough. What's it like working with Roblox VR? I I know some people sometimes complain about uh, either lack of features or or lack of kind of clarity on how to do things in VR. Um, What's your experience with with Roblox VR development been? It's it's one of those things that you kind of have to, it's a skill. Like everything else, it's a skill. So you kind of have to learn the ins and outs of it. Uh, Just like object-oriented programming has things to pick up on, pitfalls to avoid, and its own weird incompatibilities that you never would th- have think of until you worked with it. Roblox VR is very similar in that you don't realize that, oh, hey, GUI works really weird with this. So it's literally just easier to make your own GUI system than it is to play with the Roblox default. Or the way it handles the head and hand tracking is a little bit weird, but once you figure it out, you figure it out. It is frustrating at times as well. The biggest ways is that realistically, and if you if we had done this podcast a month ago, I would have said realistically, if you report a bug, it will not get fixed. You have to work around it. But there have been a lot of bug fixes in the past month, and I talked to some people at RDC about them working on more VR fixes and making it better for everyone. So that's that's definitely coming around, and that's nice, but it's still kind of frustrating because it's one or two people versus, like, the hundred or so people they have working on mobile is that it's still slow, and it's still... It's, it's just, it's slow. Yeah, I wonder if the, the rise of things like, obviously, the recent announcement from Facebook changing to Meta, and, you know, there's potentially been a bit more focus on... The sort of the metaverse concept and augmented reality, virtual reality. I wonder if, as the the focus increases on those, if Roblox will loop back to VR and, and put in a bit more resources on it. It sounds like they are already, just within the last month. But um, I do wonder if they'll kind of be kickstarted from sort of external influences of wanting to keep up with what other platforms might be doing. Probably. Which I I guess leads into my next question, which is I'm not overly familiar with VR development on other platforms and game engines. Have you considered using other platforms? And if so, or, or if not, what kept you creating VR on Roblox? So I think the biggest thing that keeps me on Roblox with VR is that it's comfortable. I, I've been doing development on Roblox for about, in three weeks, it'll be 12 years now. So I've been on the platform for quite a long time. I'm very familiar with it. I'm very knowledgeable about it. And the thing is, this is my job. This is my actual full-time career right now. I have bills to pay. And if I switch to Unity or Unreal, I could be looking at at least a year to get myself to the same level of being comfortable selling things. Because I don't, 
I don't want to go to Unity and be like, oh, hey, let's make my first game and then sell it on Steam because that's a good idea. No, I'd want to I'd want to make some sort of polished product. And that could be easily a full year away, whereas I have bills to pay right now. And working primarily in VR, the smallest market possible on Roblox, the earnings are there, but they're not excessively there. You know, I'm not not like the... I'm getting by. I will say I'm getting by, so that is good. But am I am I a big time studio? No. Does um Roblox take into account any cool VR features? Like I know certain VR kits, for example, can take into account your physical space. I know obviously there there are ones that can do all sorts of things with your hands where it can tell which fingers you have either on or not, even when you're not pressing buttons and, and things like that. Does Roblox do any of those cool features or is it very much kind of camera control with your head movement and, you know, holding two gamepads essentially? I'm going to say it's not at the moment because literally like three days ago, there was an update to Roblox talking about how they've got some pending fixes for specifically that with the Valve Index and Oculus controllers checking which buttons not only you're pressing, but which ones you're touching. So you can uh, have the in-game characters react appropriately. And the finger, and I'm not sure if they're going to do the finger tracking because that is like, that could easily turn into a nightmare scenario where you have to detect flipping the bird. (laughs) (laughs) And they probably wouldn't like that too much. So right now, the only information we get is the head C-frame, the hand C-frames, and what buttons you're pressing. And the reason that is, is because Roblox jumped on VR very, very hard in 2016. They saw it as the next mobile. And because of that, I think they had a 30-person team at one point just for the VR development. Don't quote me on that, though. But it was it was a sizable team working on VR. And obviously, the price point and the motion sickness that you mentioned earlier kind of kept it from being the explosive hit that it needed to be to justify that so they slowly started downscaling but because they had that impressive team the code they made for it is incredibly future-proofed to a degree so for new stuff that they just couldn't have known was going to come like the finger tracking and like capacitive response which is when it detects if you're touching a button but not pressing it that stuff wasn't even thought of so there's like no way to access it Got you. Are those kind of features that you think would help your development and would you, you know, add those to your experiences? Would they give you extra features that you feel are currently missing? That's hard to say. Like, they definitely help on a polish level or like a tech demo level. Like having having the capacity response or the finger tracking would definitely help the experiences look nicer. But I feel like from a gameplay perspective... They're not even something to think about. Yeah. I suppose there's the compatibility issue as well of, you know, not every VR headset or kit will support all of the same things, so you couldn't necessarily rely on it for gameplay. Exactly, exactly. Which, VR being the small market that is, you have to design around a lot of different notions that you would compared to mobile or Xbox or or PC or just any platform. So right now, like regular Roblox game development, as I'm sure a lot of people will attest, will they'll say you want it to be social and designed as social from the ground up. 
you know. Sure, put in some compatibility thing, like if they're all alone, you know, on a server, have some sort of thing where the game sort of works or something they could at least do until more people join. But generally, your experience should be about interactions with other players. With VR being such a small market, you can't do that because you can't guarantee that there'll be another player. So what you want to do is you want to design something that would work all on its own with players by themselves, but gets better with more people. So for example, in Edgeworks, there is a single player story mode, which I'm still working on, but it, there is a story aspect that functions also as a game tutorial. And about three quarters of the players who play Edgeworks play through that story bit, which is pretty good, especially considering it's optional. In the sandbox, it kind of becomes a little bit akin to Gary's mod, where you have this map, you have these players, and they can just kind of go and do whatever. You can play around and futz around with all the stuff by yourself, but you can have other people join you, and then you can do roleplay or just PvP combat or, I don't know, build box force if you want. You know, spawn in huge barrel or huge piles of explosive barrels and just kaboom, see if you can kill the server. Yeah, and uh, one of the other projects that I'm working on right now, which some people have seen, um, it's a VR driving thing. And right now, it's designed so that you can just free roam the procedurally generated city if you want, or you can do races with other players. And this is sort of the same thing of you can play single player and there's stuff to do single player, but if there's more people, you can do more things, but it's not entirely reliant on those other players. Yeah, it's an interesting concept because, as you say, Roblox are very much focused on the multiplayer aspect of, of games. It's one of Roblox's benefits, I suppose, over some other platforms is that you just don't have to think. Everything's sort of, you know, multiplayer and online by default. So it's very interesting to, to think of having to create these sort of solo modes just in case because it's such a small audience. I wonder, actually, is that... One of the things that you've used motion capture for, I, I've seen on your Twitter that you've done motion capture before, um, and I think you tried to import that into Roblox as well. Is that something that can help make it feel less alone when you're in a solo mode? A little bit. You know, having having believable characters is always a good thing. And actually, I whenever I make something that has narrative structure to it, I always go to my go-to writer he goes by Dale Hansen. He's a great writer. He's done a lot of work. He's actually ghostwritten quite a few books. And I think he's in talks about ghostwriting or maybe having his real name put on some TV stuff. So that's exciting. He's a really good friend of mine in real life. So I can go to him and say, like, hey, I have this idea for the story. You think you could help me flesh it out and maybe do some of the editing on the dialogue so it uh, it's you know, good. And and having those realistic character moves is also a part of that, is having that nice, that weight to what they do, which is just, you could do it, animating it by hand, and that's what I had been doing. It's just, it's a lot of work. It's like a full-time job worth of work, and when you're trying to do everything by yourself anyway, you gotta cut corners somewhere. So what I'll do is I, I set up the motion capture, I'll record the motions, and then I'll use that as I'll go in and I'll refine the movements, I'll clean it up, because it is only an Xbox Connect. it can't, it's not magic. It, it's functional, but it's not magic. So I have to do a lot of cleanup and a lot of polishing, and that'll take out about two-thirds of the animation work, 
outsourced to the machine. And it's it's real movement, it's believable, it tracks everything. Well, it tracks all the limbs incredibly well, so it's really good for just that, that two-thirds of the work. <laughs> How do you import that to Roblox? Is that through an FBX animation, or do you still have to do a bit of manual work on the Roblox side? No. Well, because all my characters use skinned meshes, I'm able to import all that as an FBX. So I will do all my animating in Blender. So I will do, I got a program called Animate, which will go from the Connect to Blender. And then Blender will record the motions and I'll stop recording in Blender. And then I will take all that. I will export it to FBX and put it back into Blender as, as the bone movement instead of the empty movement. Empties are uh, an object in Blender that track position and rotation, but don't have any mesh or controlling data to them. So it'll go from empty movement to bone movement, and that bone movement I can go and refine and tweak and adjust and make into what I want the final product to be. And then I export to FBX again into Roblox. And the problem is I'm recording the FBX animation at 60 frames per second, which means 60 keyframes per second, which means going into Roblox, some of these files are easily 200 to 300 kilobytes. So without optimization, it'll eat through your memory budget like nobody's business. That's just something I had to design for as well, which is it'll, it'll wait to do the next section of dialogue and motion until it has those animations loaded so it'll like do like an awkward pause sometimes if you're on a slow connection so that way it doesn't try to load all the animation data in at the beginning and help you know keep it from eating the entire memory budget yeah awesome i, I know at university we've used the xbox connect as well it is a good camera for motion capture without having to spend ridiculous money you don't need to wear any particular clothes or, or put like any kind of reflective balls on you like it it just works out what your limbs are doing basically and and it is quite useful i tried doing the taping ping pong balls to myself method early on and it was a hassle it was not reliable and Blender's inbuilt motion tracking is really good for tracking like environments if you want to overlay something mm -hmm. or Ian Hubert does this amazing tutorial series on YouTube where he talks less about follow XYZ steps. Instead, he talks about using XYZ methods and how to use those methods. Great tutorial series. I've learned a lot from that. But it's really good for tracking environments, not and maybe, maybe something you're holding, not so much a character that's going to be moving all over the place, especially if what you're using to record is a really blurry webcam. <laughs> no, it's, it's really interesting because uh, obviously this is not specific to VR either, motion capture, voice acting, things like that. A anyone can do that really. Obviously, in the case of motion capture, you need to buy a Kinect, but they, they aren't specific to VR, but it's another thing that I don't think is used as much on Roblox as it could be. And again, you've kind of helped to show people what they could do if they use these technologies um, and just kind of are quite smart about how you connect all these things together and go from using the connect into Blender and then into Roblox. I will say, I actually had a bit of a thought process with that. So I'm already making a VR experience. So I'm already in the niche here. I'm already making this for a very small audience. And I'm realistically not going to make my money back on this. 
because sometimes projects just flop and when you, you put so a lot of work into it you don't earn your money back but anyway i thought realistically this isn't going to go anywhere so why don't i just go ahead and make the coolest darn thing i can with the motion capture with voice acting tell an engaging story because i'm already making a practically single player experience the reason you don't see motion capture animations and you don't see voice acting in a lot of games i argue is because they're not narrative experiences but nobody's going in with that thinking i can't wait to experience this story they're going into this thinking usually i want to go play with my friends i want to go have fun with this i want to go have fun with that i thought what if i use a story aspect as a selling point to tell an engaging story to introduce characters to have these interactions and i'd argue it turned out pretty well yeah i would say so I've watched the trailer for Edgeworks, obviously I I don't have a VR headset myself, so I can't play it, but it definitely added a kind of a new depth to that trailer. It, it didn't feel very much like Roblox, to be fair, when you look at it, because you've got these nice skin meshes, they're, they're moving nice and smoothly, not just using default Roblox animations, you've got actual voice acting going on there, and obviously the player themselves can see their hands and interact with things. It's quite a different experience even just from looking at the trailer i imagine it's it's really cool to play there's a really funny story about that trailer if you go to youtube and you watch the trailer there you know how youtube will try to guess what gameplay footage it is yeah and and put that as a game below when i upload that trailer to youtube it said it was portal 2 <laughs> just because i think it's probably because my my voice actor david love he's a, an amazing amazing voice actor man of many talents originally the character that helps you at the game was just supposed to be just kind of like irish british kind of thing and it kind of gravitated towards wheatley towards the end of it and we're probably going to stick with the wheatley-esque voice just because it's nice but probably we're thinking because of the way the graphics look and because that sounds almost exactly like wheatley and it's also got that kind of sci-fi music going on to it youtube's like ah that's portal 2 <laughs> uh, i mean i'm sure you're not upset about being confused with portal so yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I've always been motion sick with the headsets. I've not worn one for probably about four years now, to be fair. What's the tech like these days? How good are VR headsets now? And, you know, would you recommend them? Well, if it really depends what you want to use it for. So right now, there's not too much difference between competitors in terms of tracking fidelity and resolution and frame rate. Because the Quest 2 can do 120 hertz it has a really high resolution display it has really good tracking fidelity like in front of you because it's inside out tracking which means it does all the tracking from inside the cameras on the headset and not environmental trackers like you have with like the vive and the index where you have lighthouse sensors if you want to play roblox vr games your best bet is anything Oculus because it just plays really nice with all of Roblox's internal systems and controller mapping and all that. It stays consistent be whether you're on a development kit 2 or if you're on a Quest 2. Like, it it's a good, consistent thing. If you're playing anything that isn't Roblox and you have the money to spend, I'd say get an Index just because it's got that finger tracking. It's got really good controller tracking as well. It's a little bit heavier than the Quest 2, but you usually don't notice that. So yeah, that's, that's about what you can look into. And I will say, about the motion sickness, when I first got into VR, I would get sick as well. And now I don't. It's just sort of, it's like sea legs, you know? 
you just kind of have to keep going into it and keep getting used to it. The most important part is that you take breaks when you're feeling uneasy as you don't push yourself. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So I've run out of kind of questions, but I know that you've done other games other than just Edgeworks. We've obviously spoken quite a bit about Edgeworks. Did you want to tell us about some of your other projects that you've done on Roblox? Yeah. So Cave Explorer 1. Um, originally, it was just like a little tech demo of, hey, check out these cool procedurally generated caves I made. And then this was 2020, I think, Halloween. They had this like featured game event where you could submit a Halloween game or a horror game to be featured, which looking back, I don't know why I thought I would be picked because it's VR exclusive. You know, there's no way that they'd uh, look at that and go, yes. We want this thing that can only be played by like 0.1% of our audience. But I took that procedure generated caves and I made like a really simple like quest. You had to go into the caves all the way to the bottom to get a bucket of lava and then you came back up. And this was a really good use of stuff like the new future lighting that just came out being able to like have live shadows on like torches and whatnot. And also with VR, because you have that freedom of hand movement, you can do shadow puppets. That was uh, one thing I, I did for a Twitter video as I showed off some shadow puppets that you could do. And I took an interesting game design thing. So as you know, in most regular flat screen games, if there's like a thing that's going to kill you, you do like a quick time event where you smash Q or whatever. And it's become like a bit of a meme, like press Q to not die. I think uh, I think RT game popularized that when he was playing Minecraft story mode. And I thought of that as like, well, how would a quick time event like that work in VR? What if you had something grab your hand and in order to break free of it, you had to shake your hand? So I implemented that and I didn't tell players how to do it. I just assumed that they would instinctively shake their hand to break free and all of them did without fail. So that was that was Cave Explorer 1. After that, I jumped into Cave Explorer 2 where it was more of the first. You had to go into the caves near the bottom, get a thing, come back up, do a boss fight. That one is where I heavily implemented the use of my motion tracking for the character motions. It heavily utilized the new PBR textures, the surface appearances. So I could have, say, for example, the monster in it. I'm not sure if you've seen, looks a little bit like Demigorgon from Stranger Things. It is shiny because it, it has smooth skin. And there are parts of it that aren't shiny because it has like dirt and, and mud on it. And then, you know, boss fight. I felt like it was really cool because you would actually, he was a really big guy and he would actually like grab you and hold you and, and slam you into the ground, which I thought, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Cave Explorer 2, unfortunately, I don't know if it's just wrong place, wrong time, or did not take off as well as Cave Explorer 1 or Edgeworks. So that's just the nature of it. After that, I did Skywinds. That's right, Skywinds, which is a tower defense. But in VR, where you would take control of the tower and you would actually shoot down things and, and defend yourself. And if you take too much damage, you have to start over and you fail. Skywinds did pretty well. Got a lot of YouTube playership off of that one. And then since Skywinds, I've been poking around at projects, but I haven't really released anything yet. Just because I want to make sure that what I put out is, is really good. So after Skywinds, I did the driving thing and I'm still kind of poking around at that. And recently... I've been working on this Half-Life Alex inspired shooter 
that uh, puts you on a, an infected spaceship with zombies and guns and all sorts of cool stuff. And um, I have some really, really big news about that coming out soon that I'm not allowed to talk about, unfortunately. So be sure to check me out on Twitter so you can see that. Shameless plug. <laughs> Greg Tame on Twitter. That one I'm hoping is like another it's going to be another one of those single player narrative based things with a co-op aspect optionally of course and i'm really excited about it uh, the development just the core development right now is coming along incredibly well and i cannot wait to show it off uh the reaction to it on twitter and whatnot has been absolutely amazing awesome i mean i can't wait to see it because i think the theme across a lot of the things that you've developed is is very much you know there are existing concepts that have existed in games before but reimagined for vr on roblox and you know have their own vr related twists i i think it's a really good kind of theme a really good niche to to get into and i'm quite excited to see how the latest one turns out so then as you know squid game became quite a trend on roblox and I got approached by Sketch and Amon, who are two fairly big Roblox YouTubers, saying, hey, we want to do a video of Squid Game in VR. Do you think you could make that for us? And I'm like, absolutely. I just finished watching it. I thought it was a great show. Let me let me throw something together. So I only had time to throw together the first day because this was like a week before RDC. I really did not have time to, to do much more. So it was just real simple. It would track your hands and your head. And if you move them, you're dead. And I also added a sprinting mechanic where the more you like shake your hands around, you sprint. And like it was only like 45 minutes uh, of recording. Like by the end of it, all of us could barely lift our arms because we were shaking our arms so much. And just like the day after, everyone was just so incredibly sore from it. But it was really fun. It was really good. And uh, that also, I started a studio called Cyberplay Interactive, which is what I'll be hosting all my games under so I can like actually work with people. Because before this, I was an entirely solo developer. So Edgeworks, aside from like the voice acting and writing, just about everything in there was made by me. Mine is a couple of map assets, and uh, I think I asked for help on a thing, and they gave me a library for something, so... But it was mostly me, in the same way Cave Explorer 1 and 2, almost entirely me, aside from this one builder I work with, Adam Eterreno, I think is how it's pronounced. He's a really good builder, and I like to work with him sometimes. That's, uh, that's what I work on, that's what I've been up to. Anyone out there who's thinking of doing Roblox VR, thinking you're gonna, you're gonna make, like, a bajillion dollars... No, that's not how this works. But if you like, if you want to do something that you really, if you're really passionate about it, or you really want to try it out, absolutely give it like a month just to kick around. Like if you have like that free time, give it like a month to just kind of poke around and just try new things. It's just, it's like, it's really uncharted territory. Until Boneworks came out, everyone was sure that like the most you could allow a player to do is to have smooth locomotion, but generally teleporting and snap turning and all these comfort settings. Nobody even thought, what if we turned it into a platformer where you're actually climbing on things? No, that'd be too much. And it was a great success for them. In the same way, everyone in Roblox is like, no, don't do story, don't do narrative, it's just not worth it. And Edgeworks turned out to be a, a bit of a hit for me. It's not a huge hit because it is the VR market, but in terms of the VR market, it's an absolute smash hit. So definitely, definitely consider just poking around, trying new things, and don't be too afraid of, of what you might make. 
Awesome. I think that's some great advice for everyone. But unfortunately, that's all that we have time for today. So thank you very much for joining us, Greg Tang. Is there anything that you'd like our listeners to check out, for example, your social media accounts? Well, I've got uh, my Twitter, which is Greg underscore Tame. I've got a YouTube channel, which is Gregory Tame. There's two G's in there. And uh, aside from that, I don't have much in terms of other social media. Fantastic. Well, we'll link to your social media and also to some of the VR resources that you mentioned earlier on in the episode in the description of this episode on YouTube. Beyond the Blocks is brought to you by Bantech Systems, a development studio on Roblox. You can support our media content by heading to the Bantech Media Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Bantech. Thank you to our executive producer, OneTrackMinded, for supporting us and for helping to produce our episodes alongside the Bantech Media team. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time on Beyond the Blocks. Beyond the Blocks.